Welcome back to Just Browsing. I'm your co-host, Zach, here again with Matt, and we are back after what seems like a very long hiatus, but was really only a week. Uh, it was just kind of a long, eventful week. Um, to cover some fantasy football and some NFL box scores for week two in the NFL and the fantasy season. So I think what we're going to do is just run through quick fantasy recap, just see where things are at in our fantasy league, the Rogue One Fantasy League, and then kind of go through the NFL games, kind of touch on some of the exciting stuff that happened this weekend, all the injuries that happened, and, yeah, just do a quick NFL recap. I think there were some exciting NFL games this weekend, so for we'll sure. have some stuff to talk about for sure. But um, do you want to run through the box scores for fantasy real quick? Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout-out to, to our buddy Brandon and his now wife, Dom. Congratulations on your wedding on Friday. It was a, a fun time, and... It was definitely a fun time. Congrats, We, we both hope for nothing but the best for the two of you and, uh, and your little boy, Isaiah. So, congratulations. But now, what, to what really matters. Fantasy football. <laughs> Although, it didn't matter this week because my team bent over and let Thomas the Train ride in. The Grand Canyon was never wider. Yeah. Um, for anyone out there who listened to our last podcast about fantasy and NFL for week one. Um, Matt and I were predicting that our matchup, which was our matchup this week, was going to be a close one. And it was not, <laughs> it was, to say the least. It was a 107-point blowout. <laughs> so, you know, we'll just do a quick run-through. So, Zach beat me 287 to 180. My team didn't show up. Um, you know, let's just highlight the key players now. So, on my team, Kyler Murray had a great week again. Um other than that, my best player was Justin Tucker, which is sad that he's a kicker and he was the second highest scoring person on my team. Zach, on the other hand, every time I opened my ESPN app, one of his players was scoring a touchdown. <laughs> so, Zach, do you want to care to dive into a couple of your players that decided to? Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, this week I did not have really big games out of my quarterbacks. You know, I have Deshaun Watson, Andrew Brees, and I think most weeks I'm looking for those two guys to really carry the the bulk of the scoring, but um, Drew Brees finished with 21 and Deshaun Watson finished with a very like below average 12 points. Um, but I just had big days from other guys. And I had, I think I had a pretty good distribution of the scoring throughout my team. Um, as in fact, a lot of my like flex and wide receiver guys just had really like good to above good, you know, like great games. And that, that really helped me out because I didn't have that much coming out of my quarterback. So Really, the guy leading the charge was Aaron Jones, actually, the running back for the Packers. He finished with 59 fantasy points. <laughs> and I think we were talking uh, right before this got started. I think he finished with three touchdowns. I can't remember if two of it was rushing or two of it was receiving. Um, but he finished with three touchdowns and, like, 200 total yards or over 200 total yards. Just had a beast of a day. So he finished with oh, – he finished with – Technology, man. They can't make life easy on you. He finished with 18 carries for 168 yards and two touchdowns. Four receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. There you go. So, and, and the reason, you know, that's a lot of fantasy points right there. It wouldn't necessarily add up to 59 and 95% of the other leagues. But we do do a bonus system for yards as well as long, like big, big play, uh, big scoring plays. And he did have a 75-yard touchdown run, which gave Zach 22 points within just one play. So, you know, it's 
he was going to have 40-plus points anyways, more than likely. But that yeah. one play, I mean, that one play, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I lost. We're moving on to next week. I have no one showing up. Well, and it's so. funny. We were talking right before this got started. And, you know, on Thursday, that, that Cleveland and Cincinnati game, I, you didn't have anyone playing that night, did you? No. It was just me. I, all I had was Jarvis Landry going, and he finished with eight points. So, I mean, after Thursday, you know, like a lot of times the – we were talking about last time when we did this, the projections on fantasy will go like – they'll drastically change mm-hmm. based on what happens with like one or two guys if they have a below average day or whatever. And a- after that Thursday game when all I had was Jarvis Landry and he just goes for eight points, you know, it was kind of like – I think you were probably thinking, all right, you know, this is a good start for me. I'm, I've probably got a good shot to be in this. If a lot of his guys, excuse me, end up doing the same thing, then I got a shot. And then here I was thinking, like, well, shit, if my other receivers go eight or 10 or 12, like, I'm going to have to really make up for it in some other areas. But he, other than Dallas Goddard, who scored seven, was my lowest scoring guy on my team. And I had just really solid scoring from everyone else, like Dalvin Cook, 16 points. Uh, out of my receivers, Tyler Lockett, 20 points. Calvin Ridley, 34 points. Um, you know, in, in flex, I had Robert Woods go for 11. DK Metcalf had a good game, 29. Jonathan Taylor, 24. I got 23 points out of my defense, which really helps. <laughs> you know, anytime you can get anytime double digit is, points yeah. Yeah, out of your defense, that's a good day. Because I think in my other league, my defense got me literally zero. So, you know, I, I really appreciated the Bears for that one. But, um, yeah, it was a good week. You know, my... Um, I think the, the 287 that, I, that my team put up this week was the highest points in the league. It was actually pretty close. It was closer than it was last week. But through the first two weeks, I have scored the most points both weeks. So um, I'm okay, feeling good Darian. about my team. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm this year's a Darian. Well, but, uh, I mean, like, for Calvin Ridley, I have Julio Jones on my team who got me four points. Calvin really doesn't have 34 points if we don't get Julio Jones more involved. Yeah. You know, so Calvin Ridley took a lot of touches away from Julio Jones. I know he was playing through a hamstring injury, but, dude, you're Julio Jones. He was targeted, I think, four total times anyways. Mm-hmm. So Julio Jones opens up a lot of touches for Calvin Ridley. Not saying Calvin Ridley is not a good wide receiver. On a lot of other teams in the NFL, he will be a number one receiver. But you're playing behind Julio Jones, who you could argue is the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. You know, he'll be in that argument. And then I had Devontae Adams, who, again, didn't touch the ball because Aaron Jones touched the ball every fucking six seconds. And I think... um, And he got hurt, too. Yeah, that's one of those uh, things that I... When watching last year, when playing fantasy, watching the NFL season last year, it was something that I realized, because I think I had a couple of Packers receivers, you know, between my two fantasy leagues. And it's one of those things where I experienced the pain that you just felt this past weekend, where it's like, okay... I got Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. I got this guy as receiver. Packers are looking good on offense. I should get some some good points out of this guy. And then you're like, oh, never mind. They're just going to give it to Aaron Jones the entire game, and he's going to go off for four touchdowns and 200 yards or whatever. You well, know, like, and I mean, I've noticed, you know, same thing with the Packers. They either can run the ball great, or their running backs get you 10 points, and we've got to move on to the receivers because, and it's usually Devontae Adams, and and that's it. And no, Aaron Jones always took the show from for Green Bay, and that was that. So, suffice it to say, it was a good week for my team. So uh, that other matchup was Taya and Dean, which was funny. Um, 
we were talking about this right before we got started too. And on Sunday, we were sitting there watching all the games, and Ty's team was up by like a lot, and Dean's team literally just between the two guys, his two quarterbacks being Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan, single-handedly brought him back from being down by a lot to up by like twenty or thirty points. And she had to kind of come from behind to come back and win that game, which was really surprising because she was up by a lot. And that, that final ended up being 271 to 224. So Taya's team put up a lot of points this week. Um, but for Dean's team, between Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan, Dak had 51 fantasy points and Matt Ryan had 38. <laughs> so, I mean, between just his two quarterbacks right there, that was a huge week. Cause, and he needed to make up for that too. Cause, and we'll get to this here in a little bit when we start talking about the NFL games. But he has Saquon, and Saquon tore his ACL and is done for the season. So... You know, if you're Dean, you're sitting there kind of panicking, and it, he just was lucky that the Cowboys and the Falcons got into an absolute shootout, and those guys were just throwing the ball all over the field. I mean, Dak Prescott had a like ridiculous day, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm I'm honestly surprised he didn't have more touchdowns. With that being said, I think he finished with three rushing and a passing, which yeah. is still pretty crazy. It's like crazy, but yeah, I mean, it sucks to see Saquon go out, and like you said, we'll touch on that here. And I think Malcolm Brown got hurt this week, too. So his two running backs got hurt, which it sucks to see him go out, but that's the NFL for you. I mean, yeah. you, you get hurt. And like I said, we'll, we'll cover that here in a second because I have pulled up um, something I was looking at like on Monday, I think, which was like the most impactful injuries that happened on Sunday to like their teams, you know. And it's obviously this list is not going to include all of the injuries, but man. Anyone who was out there watching NFL football this last weekend probably noticed the same thing Matt and I did, which was just like, guys are just dropping like flies out there. I mean, injuries left and right. And like, some of them, thankfully, are not that serious, but a lot of them were serious and are like season ending injuries, which sucks. Um, but I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so I beat you, Taya beat Dean, and then our other matchup was a Darian and Brandon Stevens. And that one was not really all that close. So Darian won 254 to 210. Um, Cam Newton had a good game. That was an exciting game, that um, Seahawks and Patriots game. I liked that game on Sunday. Yeah, that was a good I game. mean, my biggest beef with Cam Newton, and I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback by any means. The, the dude, when he wants to play, he can play. My biggest beef with him is he, he whines a lot if he gets hit outside the pocket or if he gets hit running the ball. I'm like, dude, you're a running back at that point in time. You yeah. lose all status as being a quarterback. And I don't think any quarterback. If you're Tom Brady and you leave the pocket and you're running downfield and you get absolutely lit up by anybody, okay, that's a foot that's football. Yeah. You know, yeah, and fair and he gets up and he'll complain. I'm like, dude, it's football, man. You're gonna get yeah. hit, especially if you're running. I think um I was really excited in the offseason when it was announced that the Patriots picked him up because you know, I'm a Broncos fan. I don't root for the Patriots or anything, but I am a Cam Newton fan, and I just thought it was really wrong how he was treated by not only the Carolina Panthers but the rest of the league where you have a guy who is literally not that far removed from an MVP season and has, has yes, some injury trouble, but like still has a lot left in the tank. And for just the Panthers and the rest of the league to just completely write him off as like being totally washed up and not worth anything – I thought it was ridiculous. So the Patriots going, oh, we're going to scoop this guy up for like a million bucks or a million and a half bucks or whatever it was. Like basically nothing. They paid nothing for him. For a guy who is still going to be really good for them. 
I think he landed in a great system. I think that I think that was a an incredible value pickup for the Patriots, and I I hope he has a tremendous season personally. Yeah, and I mean I think there's few teams out there like you know going back to your point. I think there's few teams out there that could actually use the quarterback, and so I think that kind of played a role into Cam Newton signing. I think you know he wanted to be a starter. He's not going to mm-hmm. sign somewhere to be a backup. Yeah, and so there's there's few teams in the league right now. I mean. Miami's looking, but they just signed Tua, so yeah, they they're trying, Tua they're trying to groom him. Yeah. You know, so I don't even know of another team really struggling with their – I mean, Carolina would be the, his best fit to stay. I know they signed Teddy Bridgewater, right. but what's the difference between Teddy Bridgewater and Cam Newton? Like, Yeah. You know, so it comes down to – you know, he. I think he came out – it was either today or yesterday, and he said – I'm not playing for money. I made plenty of money. Yeah. I'm playing for respect. Yeah. I'm like, that's great. You know, all you got to do is go on and play then. Oh, you, you while, we're on, this, while we're on this topic, I want to pull up what I sent you guys on Instagram because I think it was like a list of guys who are making more than Cam Newton this year. As backups. At, yeah, as just guys who are like basically irrelevant. Let me just pull up. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. So Bill Barnwell tweeted this out, I guess, and it was it said some of the quarterbacks who signed deals for more guaranteed money than Cam Newton this offseason. So get a load of this list. I mean, this is guys these are guys who are like definitely irrelevant to not gonna have as good of a season as Cam Newton. Andy Dalton, Blaine Gabbert, Brett Hundley, Colt McCoy, Jeff Driscoll, Chase Daniel, Marcus Mariota, Case Keenum, AJ McCarron, Chad Henney. Matt Schaub, Matt Barkley, and Nathan Peterman. All those guys signed for more guaranteed money than Cam Newton this offseason. And, like, what are those guys doing, you know? Well, they're making money to – They're making money to, to, be, to be a backup quarterback. Not very good. Although know? Jeff Driscoll just got tossed into – Yeah, Jeff, the Jeff Driscoll for the, for the Broncos had to step in and actually looked pretty decent coming in for an injured Drew Locke this past weekend. But, um, yeah, so, I, I don't know. Anyway, that was kind yeah. of a random Let's Cam just, Newton We can tangent, finish but, off our fantasy and, yeah. and then dive into the – the uh, most interesting week I've ever witnessed in NFL. <laughs> yeah. Football. So the last matchup in our fantasy league this week, Brandon beat Zach by a score of 279 to 237. So like, kind of like I was pointing out to you before we started, we had a lot of really high scoring teams this week. You know, other than you were the only team who scored less than 200. Not to mean I'm not trying to put you on blast. I, my team didn't show up. <laughs> my best players. And then other than that, you know, points. you know, Brandon Stevens team goes for 210. But everyone else was like 225 and up. And we had two scores in the 270s, and then I put up 287. So, I mean, there was a, like some really high-scoring games this, this week. And um, I was keeping my eye on all weekend this Brandon and Zach matchup because it just looked like it was going to be close, and it was projected to be really close the whole way too. And, like, every time games would wrap up, I'd check the projections and the current score, and it was still super really close. close. I'm like, this, this one's going to be close. So... <clears throat> Zach looked out and had Josh Allen just went off, had 55 points. Dude, did you see him truck that? I think it was Kyle Van Noy, the oh, Dolphins. Yeah, he yeah. just absolutely put him on his back, and I'm like, well, that's quarterback. That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. I know, I know Josh Allen's a tank, but that's a, still pretty embarrassing. That's like a career game for Josh Allen. I don't know if he's oh, ever yeah. done better than that. But, um, yeah, and Brandon had, obviously, you know Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson. Both those guys had really good games. Alvin Kamara went for 37 points. Yeah, I mean, that was a good matchup there. Um, so I think we have – let me look at the standings real quick just so we can double-check this. But So and I, I'm in the east with you. So I'm – so the only two 
undefeated teams are me and Brandon. And then in the East, it's you and Ty are both one and one. Dean is zero and two. And then in the West, Brandon's two and zero. Obviously, Zach and Adarian are one and one, and Brandon Stevens is zero and two. So we have the same exact, <clears throat> you know, st- or uh, not standings. We have the same exact standings. Yeah, you know? the East and the West both. I mean, I mean, we have the same. Obviously, it's still real early, and like I'm not trying and to get too ahead matter. of myself because my first two games looked really, really, really good, but like. Who knows what's going to happen, you know? And, like, it's making me nervous, all these injuries that are happening, because if something like that happens to my team and I have three or four guys just like your have, three top season receivers. End, yeah, have season-ending injuries, then it's a totally different story the rest of the season. So, I don't know. I'll take it. You know, I have, so far I have the most points for and the least points against. That's a good recipe for winning games. So, we'll see if we can keep it up. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, to kind of transition over to what happened this week <coughs> in the NFL, I mean – I'm not even going to try and look ahead at, at next week's fantasy because we we tried to say ours would be close and then yeah, the injury bug showed off, up yeah. and and so you know I just want to hit on some key injuries that happen and this is just fantasy injuries okay yeah like go, of, of this week that I I took notes of yeah I'm glad you have a list because I pulled up something too but we'll, uh, we I'm sure we have the same guys but yeah like and, just, and just run sh- through these these big names right like. and I'm I'm sure there's more so. Christian McCaffrey has a high ankle sprain, and he's out three to six weeks. Yeah. Not a season-ending, but a big enough That's injury big that he could, if he comes back too early, he could tweak it again, uh-huh. and it delays it another three to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley, as you, you, uh, you mm-hmm. know, hit on, is out for the season with a torn ACL. That's devastating. George Kittle is week-to-week with a knee injury, which <clears throat> George Kittle's the best – you know, tied in in the league, and if he doesn't have a healthy knee, he's not going to be George Kittle. Mm-hmm. So that that's one to keep an eye on. Michael Thomas, they said he's out three to six weeks again with another high ankle sprain. Uh, Chris Godwin was out with a concussion. I didn't even know that. I don't think I knew that either. So actually. he was out with a concussion, and they said he's Tom Brady's <laughs> favorite target, which I'm like, great, it's been one week. <laughs> nice. There he goes. But he was out with a concussion. Kenny Galladay was out with a hamstring injury. Okay. You know, Matthew Stafford's number one target. Yeah. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton of the Broncos, I don't know when, but he tore his ACL, so he's done for the season. I was going to say, so we could touch on the Broncos injuries real quick just to kind of hone in on that, but, like, the big news was obviously Drew Locke, and we all knew that before the season started, Von Miller, you know, fucked up his ankle and it needs to have – or I guess already had ankle surgery – and then Philip Lindsay has been sidelined for a couple of weeks and probably will be for a couple more weeks with like turf toe, I think it is. Yep. So we already knew about all those injuries. And then, yeah, like unbeknownst to me, I didn't even realize it, but Cortland Sutton got hurt. This past I don't, I don't know what play he tore his ACL on, but he tore his ACL. And so we not only did we lose our number one receiver, but we lost our starting quarterback. Yeah. And we're out, you know, our second punch and our one-two running back punch with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. And then also our... Best and defensive our players. best defensive players <laughs> out, and we lost one of our top, if not our top cornerback in A.J. Bouye last week. And This is crazy, man. I mean, I have opinions on this. I'd love to have Sam on this with us since he is an NFL player to talk with us about this. But I have, an, I have a feeling that a lot of this is a lack of camps mm-hmm. and then also a lack of preseason games yeah you know i know the players don't want to play in preseason games because of the risk of injury but i mean look at this mm-hmm. this i mean i'm not even through my list yet aj brown's out week to week with a knee injury 
Le'Veon Bell's on the IR with a hamstring injury. <clears throat> Jamison Crowder's on the IR with a hamstring injury. Marlon Mack's on the IR with an Achilles injury. Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, they're both questionable with hamstring injuries. Raheem Mostart, I think, is a hamstring or a knee injury. They, they said he's a week, you know, yeah. day-to-day slash week-to-week, so he's not necessarily out-out. Yeah. Cam Akers, running back for the Rams, I'm pretty sure is out. Jimmy Garoppolo, they said he could probably play this week, but he got hurt too. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown got hurt. Tyrod Taylor, I don't know if his was necessarily an injury or if his, it was more like a freak. I, yeah, I, I was reading into it a little bit, and his was he experienced chest pains like during pregame, and they ended up taking him to the hospital. And right. I don't know what the word is. Like they said, he's doing fine, but he was like still undergoing tests or something. Right. Like it, it kind of sounded like he's not. It's not life threatening, but also like they want to take a look at yeah. it. So, yeah, I mean, it's fucking crazy. I mean, then you well, like Drew Locke. And then this is all just fantasy players. That's what I mean. This is all offensive. All he offensive lost fantasy players. The the 49ers lost Nick Bosa. I was just going to say Nick Solomon Bosa, Thomas, yeah. both for the year with ACL Torn injuries. Torn ACL, done, yeah. Let me see who else that we're forgetting on this list. Because we got, yeah, we got Nick Bosa, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, Paris Campbell, Drew the Locke. Colts receiver. I think he tore his Boy, MCL and PCL. So he's down. out. Yeah, man, it's it's rough, dude. We got Tavon Young for the Ravens, Malik Hooker for the Colts, Brandon Scherf for Washington, Byron Jones for Miami. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Anthony Barr for the Vikings, Brandon Linder for the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, it's like an endless injury. And, God. And I, I have to stay by my, my gut feeling. I'm, you know, I'm not an NFL player. If I was, I don't think I'd be here doing a podcast right now. But I, I have a feeling that a lot of it is you go from just hitting your own teammates and probably in an extremely limited fashion mm-hmm. with not full game speed to you are thirst or thrusted into game speed yeah. right NFL away. NFL game speed, yeah. And and then I also sit here and, and you know, LeBron James – Spends, I think, about a million dollars on his body alone every year to, to, to keep him in shape, to keep yeah. him healing correctly and, and recovering. I, I bring in a lot of question then, questions then. How much did these guys do in the offseason? And, and don't tell me, oh, it's during a pandemic. These guys are multi-millionaires that can go to a private gym <clears throat> where they have a private trainer one-on-one or they have a gym in their house or they have a big enough backyard they can go do you know, their agility drills. Don't tell me these guys didn't just – they're pro Like, this is your job. Yeah. Like, it is your job to be in shape and healthy. It, freak accidents happen. You know, you can't do anything about, like, Marlon Mack with Achilles. You can't do anything right. about it. There's people you can't do anything about. You, you plant wrong and you blow out a knee. I'm not saying these are all people that, you know, slacked. But if you don't prep correctly, your body's not ready to have a 300 pound guy, mm-hmm. you know, trying to torque your body in a weird spot. Yeah. And you can yeah. easily pop your knee. They, yeah. they would just, my knees would be shooting out of my asshole. <laughs> yeah. You it's, know, I, I think you raised some good points because I, I do think a lot of the injuries we're seeing are probably a result of there being zero preseason games and a lack of camp and the whole pandemic situation where what sort of a workouts were going on throughout the off season for how long you know with with how much intensity all that kind of stuff and it's one of those tough things like I think as a fan and also I'm sure a lot of the players probably feel this way four preseason games I think we all can agree is too many that's just too many 
But I could see them cutting it back to two and everyone being fine. Because I think the fans – I mean, I mean, let's be honest. For the fans, no one really gives a shit about preseason games. It's just a cheap way to go watch football. It, yeah, it's just a cheap way to go Pro watch football, football. And you're like, hey, football's back or it's almost back. You know, this is exciting. You get to watch some live sports. That's great. But for the teams, it's a lot more important for just getting those guys out there, those first and second string guys, getting some in-game reps for maybe a quarter – and then getting off the field and letting all those guys who are fighting for a spot get out there and really play in full NFL game speed for three quarters or more. Right. And none of that happened. And, you know, you see every year in preseason there's a bunch of injuries that happen because that's the first time that, like, really this live in-game action is happening. And that didn't happen this year until game one of the regular season. And Right. There's no – All those injuries started popping up now that we're in the regular season. And, like, who knows would some of these injuries have happened – in the preseason when we had these? If so, it probably doesn't matter to these teams anyway because you're going to lose your guy whether it's in the preseason or two games into the regular season anyway. Either way, it sucks. But, you know, I I do think all of that stuff is important to consider. Like, those are factors that played a huge part in this. But it's just, we have not, I mean, you and I were sitting here talking about it before the podcast and we're like, I don't think I've seen this level of injuries, like this many injuries in one weekend in the entire time I've been watching and NFL it's, football. And it's, it's not never small this injuries. It's season-ending yeah. injuries of big-name players. Yeah. Well, and, you know, going on to your point about preseason games, <coughs> take the Broncos, for example. Jeff Driscoll hasn't taken a single snap with the starters. Uh-huh. He hasn't taken any in-game snaps. Mm-hmm. You know, usually, like you said, preseason, you, you tune in your second-string guys. You say, hey, okay, this is our second team. If someone goes down, you at least have some, you know, quote-unquote, in-game experience. Driscoll's a veteran. I get that, but he's never played with Pat Shermer's offense. He's never played with any of the guys he's playing with because he just got put into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So you take a guy who hasn't played a snap since last year, besides practice reps, and you throw him into an NFL game. And he did great. You know, his one interception. I thought he did a pretty damn good job. Shouldn't have been an interception. He took some sacks he shouldn't yeah. have. But, I mean, he did good that good enough to where I feel confident going forward saying he can give us a chance to win. Mm-hmm. I still think I'd rather have Drew Locke to make sure we don't need to draft a quarterback again. But, I mean, not having preseason games has turned out to, I think, hurt a lot more teams and players than they expected. Then again – you know, some of these players out there, or I don't care if I get hurt, I'm still going to make $30 million or whatever. You know, they, yeah. they don't necessarily care. I'm not saying that's, like, their true mindset, but some of them might sit there and be like, well, I got hurt, like, big deal. And, you know, then you have, like, someone like Saquon who's probably torn up about it because he might be on one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Giants, but that dude was a work <clears throat> horse. Mm-hmm. That dude was a freak of nature. Well – and it sucks for Saquon, too, because he's already, I mean, in his brief time in the league, what is this, year three, he's already had injury problems to deal with the entire time. And it sucks as a fan because, you know, if you're a fan of Saquon Barkley, and I think a lot of people who watch NFL football are, because that guy's just such a, like you said, a workhorse, such a beast, such an immensely <coughs> strong, fast, athletic dude, that it sucks to see those guys get hurt because you're like, He's in the prime of his career. Right. You know, I mean, he's like 23 years old. He's super young still. Like, he, that guy's got a lot of football ahead of him, and it just sucks to see him, like, here we go. An entire season is just to waste now because his, his Well, and then you got to hope that sucks. he recovers and, and comes back to it, be the right safe. It's not like it's a shoulder injury yeah. for a running back. 
this is a guy's knee, and he's one that hurdles people, mm. makes crazy cuts. That's the thing you, you know? got to think about, man. With football, we've all seen those examples in real life of guys that get really scary, like season-ending injuries, and they're these like electrifying talents, and they come back from rehab to come back and play, but they're not the same player. You know, like there's sometimes that you'll have those guys where it's like there's just a mental block up here of like. Every time they're planting on that knee that they blew out, they're a little bit hesitant on it, right. you know. Whereas, like before that, they were never hesitant. They like never that. thought about it. They're like, oh, I'm yeah. Just so, go. like, you just gotta hope that it doesn't change the guy's entire career, you know, spectrum and like where he was heading. Um, but yeah, man, it just it was really mind blowing this last weekend to see all these injuries and just a big name guys too. I mean, like the amount of stars that we lost to injuries this past weekend. <laughs> we're two weeks into the NFL season. It's just like. Wow. And it, well, this, this is funny, too, because we were already going into this NFL season with a lot of, like, different faces on different teams and all this kind of stuff. And now we're just going to have, like, you're going to be tuning into random games on Sunday and be like, wait, who is this, day? Who is this right. guy? You're like, oh, wait, yeah, that's the guy. This, this is the guy filling in for Saquon or filling in for Christian McCaffrey right. or whoever. Or, you, know, or like, you sit here and you go, wait, this guy's a sack leader? And they're like, yeah, he's an undrafted <laughs> yeah, free exactly. agent rookie who's 38 years old that just yeah. signed another contract. And I'm right. like, wait, who? Yeah. And they're like, this guy. And you're like, yeah, but who? And they're like, we don't even know his name. We just put <laughs> yeah. this guy in yeah. the stat sheet. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just – it's mine. And, and, again, you can't point anything to just, like, a oh, lack of preseason games or a lack of preparation. But you can definitely say – it, it played a fact. It had to. Have, it had to have played a part. And this is just a weird year, man. Like a lot of a lot of stuff's weird. Um, I don't know if you saw. We can kind of table this for a little side discussion at the end when we after we go through the scores. But have you seen um, all the coaches who have been fined? Like as of today, so for like not wearing their. Masks I was going to bring that up. <laughs> we had three coaches. It was Vic Fangio of the Broncos, Pete Carroll of the Seahawks, and Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers. And I think. Gruden, I think they just announced today that I think Gruden was getting fined, and then someone else too, because there was like, there were like there was like a couple other guys. So, anyways, with with the three that I just said, because I know that was yeah. an ESPN headline, just those three. Yeah, the NFL fined them a hundred thousand dollars each for not wearing a mask. I get we're going through a pandemic. I'm not going to try and go on a little political rant here, but all of the players and all the staff are tested. Every single day. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't wear his mask and he's walking around outside, they're all tested every day. And people are like, well, what if he's asymptomatic? I'm like, it doesn't matter. He's tested. So they'll know if he has so it. So they'll know yeah. if he has it. Yeah, I don't, I don't and, know, man. It's, uh, I mean, $100,000 for not wearing a mask is an insane fine. <laughs> it really I'm is. pretty sure Miles Garrett didn't get fined that much when he used Mason Rudolph's helmet to try and literally to try and kill, kill him. him. Yeah. They, they literally talked about filing attempted murder charges on him. Yeah. I don't even think he got fined $100,000. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But then, it's a then fucking again, mask. this is the NFL, and they've in the past been known for finding guys for having like... <laughs> the wrong emblem on their fucking cleats or something right. during warm-up. You know, like, the NFL likes to find people for shit, and these guys obviously have the money to lose. But, yeah, it's just... To, to go to what I was saying about, like, it's just a weird year. Like, well, okay. when, when else would you see a headline like that of, like, coaches getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for not wearing masks? Dude, I think everyone should wear the... Go with the Andy Reid. Okay. <laughs> I was just, just wearing the giant face mask. I was it's just going to bring up Andy Reid, though. So... 
again, I'm not trying to get into this because I have my own strong opinions on the virus. I don't downplay the virus. I know it's real. I know it's killed people. No one's saying it. Well, some people say it hasn't, but no one's saying that. The mask Andy Reid wears. The, <laughs> the whole idea is to keep water droplets from, or, you know, droplets from coughing or yeah, just talking from, stuff, from yeah. going out. He's wearing a shield where the complete bottom is open. Uh-huh. Do they think the water droplets just smack onto the glass and sit there? No, that shit's going underneath and then it spreads out. Like, what he's wearing isn't doing anything, but yet it's, like, legal. I'm like, well, why doesn't everyone wear that then? It's not like wearing a mask. You're just wearing a fucking massive yeah. visor. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, going back to what you were probably going to say, his week one, when that <laughs> shit fogged point. up. Was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And he didn't do anything about it. It's not like I saw him like, yeah, with a towel. Like, trying to wipe, wipe it off. He yeah. just let it fog up. And then I, it was another headline. They go, you know, it looks like the Kansas City Chiefs equipment team has found what the NHL players use on their visors to help with an anti-fogging. And I'm like, why the fuck is this an ESPN headline? Dude, if anyone out there is listening to this podcast and hasn't seen any of the memes of Andy Reid during week one on Thursday Night Football... <sighs> Do yourself a favor and go look it up because it is fucking hilarious. Like, he's wearing this mask, this, like, face shield that's connected to, like, his hat, right? It was, like, connected yeah, it, to his it, visor I'm pretty or sure something. it's just, like, clipped on. Yeah, it's, it, like, it, clipped on, like, the, the bill. Yeah, and it just goes down in front of his face, and he's, like, during the game, <laughs> it's all fogged up and shit. And, like, there's all these memes about, like... Andy Reid watching the Chiefs play tonight or all this shit. It's like you trying to look out of like a foggy windshield and like you can't you can like barely see the players and stuff. Like it made for some of the best memes ever. Like I loved it. It was so funny. It's, yeah. I, I just love how Andy Reid, he just does not give a fuck, dude. Like he's like, All right, I have to wear something. I'm not gonna wear one of these masks. You know what? This is the least inconvenient thing. Just clip this visor right. on the end of my hat. Fuck it. And then it became like the that. most inconvenient thing. And then it just looks so hilarious on him because he's like this big, fat, you know, he's got the stash his, and everything. His like walrus his, stash. His walrus stash. Like, he's just such a goofy-looking dude that, oh, I don't know. That well, dude, shit was really I mean, good, talking man. about Andy Reid, did you watch him during the draft? They showed him mm-hmm. at his house. He's just sitting in, like, a Hawaiian shirt, just, like, in shorts, just chilling, like... On his back patio, and I'm like, he's, Andy Reid is living the life. He really sure he's is, like man. eating a cheeseburger. And just- <laughs> yeah, he has a very, a very outspoken uh, love of cheeseburgers. He has yeah. mentioned that time and time again. Andy Reid's a national treasure. But yeah, anyway. Um, so should we run through the scores anyway, real quick? Yeah, we could just do a quick breakdown yeah. of uh, you know the week two. So Thursday night, we had the Browns and the Bengals. The Browns, again, I think we, we touched on this last week. They're a team that on paper should beat 95% of the league when they play well. Mm-hmm. They only won by five against the Bengals with a rookie quarterback. With that being said, the Bengals team could become legit if they add some other key pieces. Joe, Joe Burrow's looking like a legit NFL quarterback. I was going to say, I did not um, I did Despite not throwing 61 game. times in that game. I was just going to say, that needs to be mentioned. I did not watch that game, but I saw the score, and I'm like, wow, that was actually pretty competitive for what I thought was going to happen. But... Joe Burrow was 37 of 61, 316 yards and three touchdowns. So he had a really good game, but like you, know, like you said, he threw 61 60, times. That's, that's crazy. You're asking your rookie quarterback to do a lot. And yeah. only for 316 yards, like, where are all these incompletions? Or, you know, yeah. 37 receptions, where are those going if there's only yeah. 300? That's not even averaging 10 yards a catch. Yeah. So <coughs> Browns get the win there on Thursday night. Um, like you said, the Browns are one of those teams where, you know, on paper, looking at their big names, you're like, these guys should be beating – they should be winning more games than they are. But, you know, 
I don't know what the general consensus is around the league or what the over-under is for their wins this year, but I bet you it's probably not more than eight. Yeah, I mean, not in a division with the Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah, they just don't – I don't know. The, they have the talent. They just never know how to – like, yeah. I don't know if, who I was talking with, but they said it's literally a locker room full of egos. Maybe it was you that I was talking with you about that. Yeah. There's not an a, ego in that locker room that's like, all right, guys, like let's rally yeah. around each yeah. other and get yeah. this. It's all like, all right, rally around me. And everyone's like, well, right. no, rally around me. And, yeah. and then you go out in the field and it's like, well. It's a bunch of like alpha dog prima donnas, like <laughs> right. all on the same team. Yeah. And it's, it's, a it's weird because for the, for the Browns, you know, <laughs> it would suck to be a Browns fan. But their team the last couple of years seems like the best chance they've had in a long time to like really do something. And last year they just underperformed they again. And you're suck. like, fuck. Like if you're a Browns fan, you're like, well, what do we have to do then to be competitive? If we have all these big name guys, trade them, get rid of the anything. egos, build from the ground up. Yeah. So we'll see what they do. Um, they're one and one Bengals starting off. Oh, and two. I, I saw a quote. Uh, they were asking Joe Burrow about it. And he was just saying like, I've never lost this much in my life. He's like, I've lost. He's two like, games I don't think I've row. ever like, lost two games in a row. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like. Oh, he's like, cool. I'm used Welcome to winning to real world. winning football. He's like, so this is not. He doesn't, and that, that's a guy that, dude. I'm a. I like after Joe watching Burrow. him at LSU last year, like what that LSU team did and what he did, quarterbacking that team last year. That dude's a fucking beast, and I hope he has a tremendous NFL career. He seems like one of those guys who, he's got a lot of raw talent. Like right now, he's a rookie and he's already showing like a lot of promise and stuff. But he seems like one of those guys who's like really dedicated to being a winner he, long term, and he's gonna really take his game you know every year keep keep bringing right. it up a notch so the comparison i was going to use stuff. was like an andrew luck kind of guy yeah andrew luck had that drive he wanted to be the best yeah he wanted to win yeah he was going to do whatever you can he tell the to. passion's there i think joe burrow's the same you know hopefully he can stay a lot healthier than andrew luck did right because andrew luck should still be in the nfl and being right. a great quarterback but right. yeah I, i'm excited to see his career <clears throat> i'm super disappointed that it has to be in Cincinnati. That's a bummer. But, but out of all the AFC teams, teams to go to, besides the Broncos, yeah, all right, let's go to the Bengals because it's, yeah. it's the Bengals. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I'll, you know, let's move on so I can get this disappointing conversation out of the way. Mm-hmm. The Broncos lost to the Steelers, twenty six twenty one. Again, another game that was within our grasp. Very poorly coached, poorly executed game. Um, I think we had a legit chance to to win that game. We play calling at the end of the game, third and two. I think we were inside the 30. We don't even run the ball twice to try and at least get one yard. On third and two, just try – you know, you got two downs to do it. We do plays that just – I mean, it was abysmal play calling by Pat Shermer. Yeah. And – it just came down to more poor execution by, you know, the coaching staff, in my opinion. And, again, the coaches can't go out there and make the plays. Players have to go out there and make plays. Players started to make plays. Week one, Noah Fant was tearing Tennessee up. Mm-hmm. Second half, guess what we do? We don't even target him once, I'm pretty sure. Or we, or we don't even, like, look his direction. Week two, Noah Fant, first half. I'm sitting there with my dad watching the game. I'm going, why aren't we targeting our tight ends on, you know, little cross routes, little out routes, you know, get the easy three, four yards, get that rhythm Mm -hmm. going. Nothing. Second half, throw it to Noah Fant. All of a sudden we're in the game. And I'm like, oh, baby, (laughs) I should be a fucking coach at this point because it's not that hard to to see, you know, what's working. Noah Fant's going to be our number one receiver in my opinion. I 
I like Jerry Judy. I think he's got a lot of upside. He needs to work on these drops he's having. But Noah Fant, if when he's, he's when he's healthy and if he can stay healthy this whole season, is going to be our best weapon. And so, we just didn't play with him. Yeah, <clears throat> I think so. We lost by five, and we lost by two in week one. Right. So those are two games <sighs> that were really in. You know, you got a shot to win, and if you are hoping to be a competitive team in the league, you need to pull those type of close games out. That being said. The fact that we only lost to the Steelers by five after Drew Locke went out, like I thought, and Jeff, Cortland Sutton and Cortland Sutton, I thought Jeff Driscoll did a really commendable job. Like he didn't go out there and blow you away, but they were showing his stats compared to Ben Roethlisberger. Like and he had a better he QBR. Had, yeah, after he had been in the game for a while, like after he'd had maybe I don't know a quarter or two under his belt out there playing, and he was like catching up to Ben Roethlisberger in yards and stuff. I'm like, he's out there playing pretty well considering they we just had to throw him in there like. Get out there, Drew right. Locke's hurt. You know, go help save this game for us. I thought he did a really commendable job. Well, and maybe if you know this next week, if he's obviously with with Drew Locke out, if he's starting the game and he's had all week at practice, practicing with the ones, all that kind of stuff, maybe it's a different story. Um, do you know who we have coming up week three? Tampa at home. Oh, okay. We get Brady and the Bucks here. All at right. Home, which well, be honestly, and I'll touch on this when we get there, but. One thing too, you know, I got jump jump ship again on my thought. We need a right tackle. Elijah Wilkinson is not our answer at right tackle. There were countless times where Watt just came off the end, and I'm sitting there like, oh my! Like Wilkinson looked like he was in molasses, and he even had the head start, and he still couldn't get out of his stance fast enough. And it, yeah. you know, we got mm-hmm. fucked by Juwan James. I get it's your choice not to show up to your job because you have the money that you don't have to show up. I wish I could not you know, tell, tell my boss, until COVID's over, I'm not working, but I'm still going to make my guaranteed money. Yeah, that would be nice. You know, it'd be great, but that's not the real world. You know, I get this as a private industry, yada, 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 big deal. We don't have a right tackle. Garrett Bowles got a holding penalty, and I think it started to spiral again. But, again, to help out your shitty offensive – I think Reisner could be a great guard. I think Cushenberry, a rookie at center, could be a great center. He's a rookie, though. He's going to go through growing pains. Glasgow hasn't lived up to the big contract we paid for him. Wilkinson – I mean, I might as well just go out there. You might as well start cut blocking on the edge. <laughs> like, but to help your offensive lineup, because they're very weak, you got to do short routes. Move the ball five to ten yards. That's okay. We don't need to get a 45-yard play every drive. Move the ball, score some points, get your defense out there, give your defense a break. It's not, it's not a complicated thing to run through. And, and people are going to be like, well, maybe that's what they're trying to do. Well, if we're trying to do it, why is our quarterback getting sacked every fucking play because we don't have a receiver within 25 yards of the line of scrimmage? Yeah, I think my biggest thing that I'd like to see the Broncos do is just invest a in a better offensive line. I don't know. I just – I think most of the reason why our offense has struggled these past two or three seasons is just the offensive line is just not very good. And, yeah, we have some guys that are talented and some guys that are good. But, like, I don't know. It's just not there. And I would rather see us – you know – it's exciting picking up guys like Jerry Judy. Like, I get it. And I, I have a lot of hope for Drew Locke in the future. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. But, like... But you can't be a good quarterback if you don't get protected. Yeah. You're going to get hit. It almost game. seems like John Elway has just been like, well, 
I'll just try and get as many quarterbacks as I possibly can, and one of them's going to stick. One of them's going to be our next Peyton Manning, and we'll be great. But none of them have been very good. You know, like it's just been a quarterback carousel ever since Peyton Manning left, and it's like maybe instead of trying to focus on who's going to be the next great generational quarterback, we just find like good offensive linemen. Like get two or three of those guys in there. And then it doesn't matter so much if your quarterback is this all-pro or if he's just average. At least you got protection, and the guy can sit back there in the pocket for more than right. like half a second. I mean, and look downfield, and then you actually, you can actually build a running game. I mean, everything gets better if you have a really good offensive line. Everything, you gets know, better. playing offensive line in high school, and I know it was small, undersized. You know, I was probably our best offensive lineman in terms of technique, speed. You know, the brains out there. Then we had your brother, who was you know six four two sixty as our an offensive lineman, and I'm out there as you know six one one eighty five. Yeah, your O line determines how well your offense can play. I, I mean, people don't. They're like, no, it's all quarterback play. I'm like, you don't get it though. Yeah, it, if your quarterback doesn't have two and a half seconds to step back and throw the ball, I mean, a three step drop at least takes you know second second and a half. Yeah. Then you got to hope your receiver's open within that time. Yeah. And if he's not, your quarterback's being pressured that into a situation yeah. to where if he can't move, like a Tom Brady, yeah, he could just crumble in the pocket and take the sack. And I don't know if, I don't know if you were paying attention to this in the Broncos Steelers game, but conversely, on the other side of the ball, Ben Roethlisberger, there were multiple times, dude, where he I was watching replays of passing downs. He snapped the ball and had like five seconds to just stand around back there, comfortably in the pocket, survey the whole field, take his sweet time. No one was anywhere close to him. No. And I'm like, all right, I don't know. I, you know, I don't study O-lines in the, in the league, and, and I don't know which teams have like considered who are the best O-lines. But like, why can't we get an O-line that does that? If or- we can give our guy... Three to five seconds. Right, he should be able to make the play. He should like things are going to look a lot better. But like it seems like the last few years, you watch Broncos games and it's like, unless we're handing the ball off, you know, like if we're passing, that ball's got to get out of there like real quick, or it's a sack. Or and we we really haven't had any quarterbacks who are like athletic enough. I mean, Drew Locke and Driscoll seem to be athletic, but they're they're okay. But they're not like we don't have like a Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, I'm not worried about him being protected because that dude's like. A, yeah, just a, a 99 speed on Madden and could just run laps around right. everyone. We don't have that, you know? So it's like, just give him some protection. I think it just start with the building blocks and then we can build the other pieces later. And then now that we have all these young pieces at these skill positions, let's invest in some good alignment because we hopefully can keep these young skill position guys around here for a long time. And if they have a good line to play with, I think sky's the limit, you know? like Yeah, we be, could be the best offense yeah, in the NFL. that'll be great. But... You can't have an offense without the five most important people. Yeah, it people starts and ends right there. And pe- people don't see that. They go, it's, it's bad quarterback play. And I'm like, there's quarterback sacks that the quarterback should have never taken, right. and, and they needed to get rid of the ball. And then there's sacks where your quarterback where just gets the snap he, yeah. and he's getting hit. He stood no and, chance, yeah. And it's like, dude, what do you want the quarterback to do? Like, get rid of the ball. I'm like, he literally yeah, just got no the snap. Yeah. Like, yeah. your O-line needs to be able to protect. And I get, you know, the Steelers have a good you know, defensive front, but – at the same time, it's like you're all in the NFL. You're supposed to be, you know, if, if you think about it, and there, of course there's going to be a skewed number, 32 NFL teams, five offensive linemen. That means you are one of the 32 best at that position mm-hmm. in the world. 
there's what six plus billion people in the world, seven. and you're and you're one of seven now. So you're one of thirty two at that position. You should be able to guard one of thirty two from another position. I'm not yeah. saying you're going to beat them every time. Of course you're not. You should be able to at least block them more often. Than more that. often yeah. than not, or at least be like, hey, I'm getting my ass whooped. I need a running back to chip. Yeah. But no, it's it's a fucking. The Broncos will never figure this shit out. I'm 26. I'll apply to be their head coach. You know, everyone that listens to the podcast, please go out there, vouch for me. I'll get us back on track to Super Bowls. Trust me. So here we are being very uh, bearish on Denver sports again. We do have... No, I love the, my the Broncos. The Nuggets and the Lakers are on TV and right now. Hopefully they can be... I love my Broncos, and I will never not root for them. But it pains me to see... The simple mistakes being made. It does. It, I mean, it does suck. Because, like, like you said, we're in these first two games. I mean, we had a ch- we should have beat the Titans two and zero. Not saying we should have beat the Steelers. Yeah, there's things we could have done to given ourselves a much better opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. And but it's just, just like yeah. these are simple mistakes to put us in a better spot. I'm not yeah. saying the simple mistake costs us the game in every scenario, but it's simple mistakes mm-hmm. that don't allow us to be in a position to win. Yeah. And it pains me as a That's frustrating. as a true fan that literally doesn't miss a game. I literally move plans around to watch the Broncos. And it pains me to yep. see simple mistakes at the highest level. I get it, man. I get it. I feel the same way. So let's just move on before I freak out. And yeah, Matt's getting worked up over there. <sighs> let's move on. Let's move on. So then the next game is the Bears and Giants. Bears winning 17-13. What a boring game, but... It ended up being kind of exciting there at the end because the Giants were driving and had right. a shot to win, but I mean, pulled off. The Bears have had two really bad games against bad teams. The Giants and the Lions had chances to beat mm-hmm. the Bears, and everyone's like, oh, the Bears are this great team. The like, Bears suck. Well, I had the Bears defense this week, as I mentioned earlier, and they had a really good week fantasy-wise, but <laughs> there's not too many quarterbacks in the league that I have less confidence in than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I just, God, I would not be stoked if that guy was the quarterback on my team. Well, and to touch on your that Instagram post you sent us, speaking of backups being paid, they have Nick Foles on their bench who's making $30 million as oh, a backup crazy. right now. As a so, Super so Bowl just, winner from like two years just ago. Just let that sink in that Nick Foles is a backup again in the NFL, but he's making $30 million. And the fact that he's backing up Trubisky, too, is just crazy. Anyway. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Probably the most exciting game of the weekend that I didn't watch was the Falcons-Cowboys. The Falcons were up like 39-0 is what it felt like. They were up by a lot. Like, it was clear. They were clearly in control of the game. I mean, they were up 29-10 at half. And then life fell apart and Dak Prescott found his inner Jedi to where he just he went off. I mean, he had he had four total touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. I know all three of his touchdowns came within two yards. But still But at four hundred and fifty yards passing. Passing yards and a touchdown. That's nuts, man. They came back I mean, we were that that game was on in the corner at the bar we were at and I was just kinda you know, I'm watching the Broncos game is right here, the Bears and the Giants are over here. And, like, over there in the corner, I'm like, man, some crazy shit's happening in that Falcons-Cowboys game. And I tell you what, dude, there at the end, I think the I think it was the Bears and Giants ended, and then they put that Cowboys-Falcons game on, like, more of the TVs. And I was like, holy shit. They, they, this is, that's the kind of football, like, if you like offensive football, that shit's exciting to watch. And the Falcons, 
ever since I've been paying attention, ever since Matt Ryan's been their quarterback, has been a really exciting offensive team. And the Cowboys were just matching them on offense this past well, week. And if there's any team to blow a big halftime lead... I was just going to say something about that. It's got to be the Falcons. As much as it why pains it, me to say that... Why is it that the Falcons always give up big leads? I don't get it. Bad What's coaching? Yeah. Bad coach? I mean, the Super Bowl, prime example, when Super they lost Bowl to the Patriots. Super Bowl was egregious, man. Extremely bad coaching. You're in the Super Bowl. Who gives a shit about running up the score? Win the Super Bowl 100 to nothing. They literally went away from what was working in the first half to just, here, Patriots have the ball. Anyways, before I get fucking pissed about that one, because I got a lot to say about Tom Brady and the Super Bowls. That was an exciting game. It and, was. It was exciting. And it's... It's few and far between, I feel like, in the NFL these days that you see 79-point games. Yeah. But then again, they're also, it's also starting to become more yeah. relevant with these pass-heavy offenses where you do rack up 450 yards a game. Yeah, and with teams like the Chiefs and stuff, you know. But, but still, the fact that they kind of came out of nowhere. Like, every time I look at the score and I'm like, oh, man, I love it. The Cowboys are getting shit on. I flip it back. Yeah. I'm like, the Cowboys won 40 to, yeah, 40 yeah. to 39. How, how, how the happen? fuck did yeah. they get here? So, yeah, that was probably the most exciting game. Then we have the Packers-Lions, who, you know, as we touched on in the fantasy, Aaron Jones actually slashed my team in half. Yeah. But an interesting fact, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the Lions are the only team in NFL history to blow back-to-back double-digit leads in games and lose. Wow. Well, they, they were winning fourteen to three at one point in this game, and found a way to lose forty-two to twenty-one. <laughs> and last week they were beating the Bears, I think twenty-three to three or something, and found a way to or like twenty-one three or something, and found a way to loss. Oh, I remember lose. watching that one. Yep, that's coming back to me now. Um, I was going to point out the Packers back-to-back weeks scoring over forty points. They got a real deal offense this year. It looks like. Yeah, it but seems it seems like it only takes one week for Aaron Rodgers to like get in a funk, and then that offense is going to be abysmal to watch. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can rely on Aaron Jones when um, Aaron Rodgers is struggling. But it just seemed like last year – I had Aaron Rodgers in fantasy last year, and then it seemed like last year that Packers offense was just not – I mean, Devontae Adams is great. Not but, what it is this year. But, I mean, they've, they've started off hot. And granted, it's two games in. There's a lot of games to go, so we'll see how that keeps up. But, shit, they're looking good so yeah. far. So then the next game was the Titans Jaguars 33-30. Dude Titans, I you got the biggest most powerful running back in the league in Derrick Henry and the dude didn't do shit. He didn't show up. 33 points and the guy doesn't get in the end zone once. Come on. Didn't the, the ball. Didn't the Titans have a pretty big lead in this one and then it they like the Jaguars came all the way back and it was tied at 30 and then they had to win on a field goal or something. They were up 24-10. Yeah, and Goskowski made a, the game-winning field goal with a minute thirty-six left, and so the I mean, Titans have won. They won by two against the Broncos in Week One, and by three against the Jaguars. Both in the last two, two so. minutes of the game. Yeah, they're eking out wins here, but it's always better to be two and zero than zero and two, I guess. Um, yeah, that next matchup is the Colts and the Vikings. The Colts won twenty-eight to eleven. I didn't get to see any of that game. Um, I have Jonathan Taylor on my uh, fantasy team. He had 26 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown, so he had a good week. But that's all about, about all I know about that game. All I have to say is, how bad are the Vikings this year? I mean, oh, isn't this the game where Kirk Cousins threw, like, three picks or something? He had, like, uh-huh. negative five fantasy points or something. I mean, yeah, it's – but the Vikings' offense these past two weeks have been abysmal. I mean, yeah. yeah, they put up some points last week, but it was kind of in garbage time. Kirk Cousins was 11 of 26 for 113 yards, three interceptions, and was sacked three times. God, that's um, bad. He didn't fumble the ball at all, though, so. But, yeah, that was – and I don't think the Colts' defense is, like, 
a top-of-the-line defense. I think they're decent, but yeah. to, to keep a Vikings team with some good weapons to that, I'm like, man, I wish we played the Vikings. <laughs> and then uh, next up we got the Bills and the Dolphins, and this is a close one. Bills won 31-28. to Josh, Josh Allen, smoking people. Again, had a huge day. 417 with four touchdowns. Wow. Helped but, out Zach's team. But then again, it's the Dolphins, man. They haven't That's been true. competitive in forever, bad. but they only win by three. Like, the Dolphins made it a game. They did. Which, the I, have the Bills, I have the Bills winning the AFC East. And. Yeah, that doesn't look. When you see scores like that. win over like, the yikes. Dolphins? With, with your quarterback going for 417 yards and four touchdowns? Yeah. You know, like, what's going on? <laughs> so next up, we got 49ers and Jets. The 49ers roll in this one, 31-13. Um, I didn't get to see any of that game either. I don't think I really have anything insightful to add. Besides injuries on that game, there's nothing really too yeah. exciting. <laughs> um, Eagles lose again. The Rams beat them 37-19. to So Eagles off to an 0-2 start. Our buddy Brandon's not going to be happy about Talk that. Talk about no defense from the Eagles this Yeah. Year. Um, or offense. Their team is just not showing up. Yeah, they're not looking great to start off this year. So Buccaneers get their first win over the Panthers, 31-17. to And I was actually just looking at it, and, like, they put up 31 points, and you'd, you'd think that Brady had a good game, but it didn't really seem like he actually did all that much, at least fantasy-wise. But um, we'll see. We'll, we'll continue to see how this interesting Buccaneers experiment goes. Um, you said they're coming here. Are they this coming week. here to play Denver, yep. or is it away? Okay. This week with 5,700 fans. Empower oh, Field's going to be roaring. Shout out to Empower Retirement. Um, yeah, all your so, retirement needs. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch. I, I, I do think this Buccaneers experiment is one of the most exciting things to watch this well, year. Well, I mean, talk about Gronk. The dude hasn't done shit for so two weeks. So I was just about to say, Gronk, since coming back, I don't even think he was targeted this last game. If he no. was, he didn't have any catches. No, I don't. So, I think he has like maybe two catches for like twelve yards or something. This yeah, season. so they got to figure that shit out. I don't know what's going on there, but it didn't matter against the Panthers. They win that one. Um, the Cardinals beat the Washington Football Team thirty to fifteen. Pick a name. Um, I want this Cardinals team to do well. I really do. They're off. They're off to a two and zero start. Dude, Kyler Murray is like one of the quickest fucking quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Dude, some of these runs that they show, these highlights of him going, dude's I'm like, a freak oh my athlete. God. <laughs> I think he's going to excel there under under Cliff and watching Arizona come up in a very very tough uh, NFC West division is going to be fun to watch. I mean, you yeah. got Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, you know Jimmy G, and then you got I mean Jared Goff. But yeah, watching Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray go head to head is going to be a fun quarterback matchup. Yeah, talk about Russell Wilson. We'll get to him in just a second, but God, he's blowing it up this year. Um, a really surprising overtime game was Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs win 23-20 to in that game, and I was watching part of that. So this is the game that Justin Herbert had to step in and play because Tyrod Taylor was experiencing chest pains before the game. And I'll have to look up what the update is there, but I think he is like doing okay, but they were still running some additional tests and stuff. But that's kind of that's scary to hear. But Justin Herbert... Um, from Oregon, steps in and actually has a pretty decent day. Goes 22 of 33 for 311 yards and a touchdown. And the Chargers really gave the Chiefs a really competitive game, which you don't see a lot nowadays. The Chiefs just kind of tend to blow people out of the water. So they win that game 23-20. to um, We have the Ravens and the Texans. The Ravens won 33-16. to 
Deshaun Watson had an underwhelming day for me. I was kind of looking for more out of him fantasy-wise. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think, had a pretty good day. The, um, the Ravens team is just, just good. Um, the Texans off to an 0-2 start. That's disappointing for them. And then an exciting matchup in the Sunday night game that this is one of the games that I watched. I pretty much watched the entire thing of. So, you know, most weeks, a lot of the games I don't really see that much of, just kind of highlights and stuff. Right. There'll be one or two while I'll watch most of the game. This Sunday night game, I watched pretty much the entirety of the game, and this was an exciting one. Despite the electrifying offense from the Seahawks and Russell Wilson going off for five touchdowns, the Patriots clawed their way back and made this a game, and the Seahawks hung on to win 35-30. to um, Cam Newton went 30-44, of 44, 397 yards and a touchdown passing. Like I said, dude, I, I really think Cam Newton's going to have a good good year there in New England. And I think, dude, if – I mean, this is obviously not like a hot take or anything, but shit, if Russell Wilson keeps up this pace, he's going to run away with the MVP. Run away with the MVP and run away with some NFL records. Yeah, and the craziest thing about not only did he have five touchdowns in this last game, he was spreading the ball out. I think pretty sure it was to like four different receivers five. or five different uh, receivers. But two of them were on your fantasy team, so that <laughs> fucked <laughs> yeah. me right there. So. Yeah, I know. One was to Tyler Lockett. One was to DK Metcalf. And then he Carson. Three other I think guys. he hit a tight end. So how incredible is that? Like, Here, I'll tell you real quick. What a versatile offense to have five DK touchdowns. DK Metcalf, in, yeah. Tyler Lockett, David Moore, Chris Carson, and Freddie Swain. There you go. He didn't hit the same guy twice. It's also, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dying over here. He did throw an interception, though. <laughs> yeah, one He's a human. blemish on the record, yeah. But this year, he has 610 yards, nine touchdowns, and one interception with an 87.4 QBR. Wow. That's a hot start for two games. So, Russell Wilson is just blowing it up. And, oh, nope, never mind. Just kidding. Moving on to this. Uh, he is 52 of 63 for an 82.5% completion percentage. Wow. Wow. And yet he could have been playing baseball for the Rockies. <laughs> I like Russell Wilson a lot. I'm happy to see him doing this. I do too. Too bad uh, Ty drafted him right as I was about to draft him yet again. <laughs> and then the last game, really surprising, the Monday night game. I mean, this is surprising to me. Raiders win 34-24 to over the Saints. I didn't get to watch any of this game, but that's a surprising win to me. I, I think it's a surprising win to everybody but the black hole. I mean yeah. – you got a Saints team who is my favorite coming out of the NFC and is a Super Bowl or bust this year because this could be Drew Brees' final year. Mm -hmm. They are a true Super Bowl or bust, in my opinion. They did not look like a Super Bowl or bust team out there. They look like a team that's like trying to figure out who they are. And yeah, and it's, um, it's kind of funny. You, know, you, gotta, you look at the Saints box score and you see they put up 24 points and you're like, wow, that's it? You know, like the Saints are one of those teams where you're, you're expecting them to score in the 30s pretty much every game, if not more. And you'd think if the Raiders are scoring 34, you'd think if any team would be able to hang with them, it would be the Saints. But well, they didn't have it last night. Did I you guess. hear Drew Brees today? He came out and he goes, my job's not to throw the ball downfield. It's supposed to be a game manager. And I'm like, well, I mean, you got a point. You're fucking, what, 42 years old or whatever? Like, yeah. you're not going to have the cannon you used to. And your best receiver's out. Yeah, I, I get it. I get what you're saying, Drew, but you also need to lead your offense to better scoring drives than kicking field goals. You know? Yeah. You're arguably, in my opinion, the best old quarterback in the league. I think he's better than Brady in terms of being a field general and, you know, being able to lead that team. Definitely a hot future Hall of Famer, for sure. But he hasn't shown it this year. I mean, 
it'll be interesting. Again, week two, we can't dive too deep into this. Mm-hmm. Although it's a 16-game season and we're already an eighth of the way through it, playoff pictures are going to start developing. Now it becomes one of those we can't afford, if you're like, you know, for the Broncos' sake, we can't afford to lose a five-point game and a two-point game. We've got to learn yeah. to. Because then later on in the year, like, you need those wins back. You know? Right. And so I don't necessarily think this loss to the Raiders is going to hurt them, but it definitely doesn't look good. Yep. And so that was the Monday night game rounding out this weekend's games. Um, I think, you know, kind of like we touched on, the most exciting ones for me, that Sunday night game was really exciting between the Seahawks and the Patriots. Um, the overtime game between the Chiefs and the Chargers really surprised me. Um, let me, I'm just looking through here to see what else I kind of took away from this weekend. That the Cowboys Cowboys Falcons game yep. was super exciting. Packers putting up 40 points again. That was encouraging for me to see. Yeah, um, because they were all to your guy. Mm-hmm. He had <laughs> 21 pretty much of those points. So yeah, so that's week two of the NFL season, and that was week two of our fantasy season. So I'm like I said, I'm feeling good. I'm off to a two and zero start, and I've scored the most points in the league thus far both weeks. So, but week one of the foot or the the playoffs is all that matters. We're all playing so. for week one of the playoffs. I had to say my biggest takeaway for this. <clears throat> excuse me, as I die over here yet again. My uh, my biggest takeaway is these injuries. Yeah, that, how, I think that was the main. How are these headline. teams going to bounce back? Mm-hmm. What fantasy value gets pushed up? You know, I'm seeing a lot of things. I won't talk to you about it until tomorrow because I already have four pending moves for the waiver wire. Of course you do. Of course you do. Um, but it, fantasy moving forward, like we talked about at the beginning, could be a bunch of who? Yeah. And that who guy could all of a sudden become, you know, the leader in that statistical category. Yeah, and I think this is where, like, you know, those quote-unquote, like, fantasy GMs, like the guys who are, like, real managers of their team, that's when guys like that get to, or gals, that's when guys and gals like that get to show their, like, savviness, their football savviness, is is plucking those value players off the waiver wires, those guys that you're, like, you've never heard of, but you're like, oh, that's right, he's coming in for an injured so-and-so, and and then now he's going to be their number one guy, and he's going to have a huge year the rest of the year. I mean, I tried doing that, like, because our rosters are so big, we do have to draft backups, and I tried doing that every year. I'm like, okay, Like this year, I wanted Latavius Murray really bad because Alvin Kamara said he was going to hold out without a new contract. Yeah. Right after our draft, they're like, Alvin Kamara signs five-year extension or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, well, oh, there we go. Fuck this. But, and there it is. But I try and do that every year, and it's like one of those things. It goes, you know, in, in a league as big as ours, we, we're already drafting those people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those good guys are already on rosters. That's true. That's true. So you're hoping that the backup gets hurt along with the starter, and then that third-string guy. Whoever that third-string guy is, yeah. You know, you're like, oh. Or, no or you're hoping to it. do one of those lucky trades early in the year where you, like, get someone to throw in some backup as, like, a, just an icing on the cake kind of thing because they're not worried about it. They got the number one guy. And then right after that trade happens, their number one guy goes down. They're like, fuck, I should have held on yeah. to that backup running back. And you're like, too bad. Got him on my team now. Speaking <laughs> of trades, I have to bring this up for all of our Podbean – Amazon, whatever you're listening from. Zach's fiance Taya. <laughs> We're really going to go into this right now? Yeah, because she's not here. So I'm going to voice my opinion on this. And I want the fantasy world to rain down their love for me for how much I was against this. 
She wanted to send me Kirk Cousins. And I don't even know who else. I think that was it, actually. I think it was no, it, there had to be a second player because she want she wanted she wanted to take Derrick Henry and Mark Andrews off of my team for Kirk Cousins and some person that I can't even remember. That's how so, fucking. I'll say this again. I know you were like violently opposed to that trade, as you should have been. I laughed so hard I almost threw up. But as I told her, this is how fantasy trades work. This is what you do. One guy starts it off and tries to lowball the shit out of you and fuck you over because he wants to win the trade. And then your counteroffer is trying to lowball him and fuck him over because you want to win the trade. And you guys just keep going back and forth. And the real trade that you guys might actually agree on is like the third or fourth trade down the line. So that was like that was like the counteroffer to your initial offer. I don't know why you just didn't like I know. Keep I coming back with some I did. I said. I said. Shit. I will think about Derrick Henry and Mark Andrews if you want to put Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers on the block. And she said, "I'll see you tomorrow before Brandon's wedding." So I was like, "Oh, she's done negotiating, and she's a terrible negotiator." I'd literally just offered her what she wanted for a different quarterback. After looking at last week, where Kirk or this week, I guess, where he drops 113 yards. And three interceptions. And three interceptions. She's better off just dropping him at this point. No one's <laughs> going to pick him up. Well, he'll be – I've had Kirk Cousins in the past couple years, and he'll, he'll be solid. I mean, that's just – that's a really bad performance, but he'll have good games where – I mean, that's a solid backup to keep on your team. I, I don't think – Yeah. I, I think she is It's in a backup, but you a don't very, need four quarterbacks. She could roster someone else that would true, help her team better true, off. True. Or she could just hold on to all four quarterbacks and just fuck the rest of our league over and be like – Oh, Matt, or oh, Zach, or oh, Brandon, it's week seven and you need a quarterback because you only have two quarterbacks and one of them's hurt. Sucks to suck. I have four. Two of them are scoring 40 points on my bench right now. I'll cross that bridge when I get there, but when she offered that, I was like in my office and I just laughed so hard, and I was like, we can talk about Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers for possibly those two guys. And... She just like said, I'll see you tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, well, I did counter offer technically by saying not for Kirk Cousins, but for, you know, Russell Wilson or Aaron Actually, Rogers. this is incorrect. Your response that came back, I don't remember it word for word, but it was not a very calm and, you know, intelligent counter offer. Go, go ahead and pull it up. Let's try and pull what this, did you say this back counter offer up. to my lovely fiance. You're a real dumbass. <laughs> All right, let's find this. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, that's how fantasy trades work, man. This is what you got to do. So I asked, so I, I put an offer out there, and, and she doesn't say anything. And I go, any counter offer for a quarterback? She goes, who will you give me for Cousins? So I said, who do you want? She says, Mark Andrews and Derek Henry. So I said, LOL, I think I'm dumb. Who's feeding you these bullshit offers? See you, <laughs> see you tomorrow. Yeah, so there you go. LOL, do you think I'm dumb? Who's feeding you right. these bullshit offers? <laughs> so, Matt, let's be let's, <laughs> No, 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 let's no. Be That's not the end of the conversation. To, let's, to be fair to the conversation, this is how it went. Right, but I had you four. Like, actually, um, that's a very valid offer, Taya. I would, be, I would consider it if you would maybe throw Aaron Rodgers in. For, for, those, of you, for those of you listening... You like go fuck yourself. Taya and I have known each other since we were five years old. We're pretty much brother and sister. And we hate you each guys other, act like it. yet we love each other. So she goes, "Wow, that hit a nerve." You can counter that. Who will you give up? I said, "For Kirk Cousins, probably no one." Ha ha. For Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, I can part for more. And so that's my counter offer, saying, "Hey, for those two, you know, hit me back up. Let, let's see what you want to work with." And she goes, "Okay, we'll see you tomorrow." 
And so I go, haha, that's what I thought. And I go, how much do I owe you for the tie that she bought me for the wedding? And she goes, you owe Derek Henry. <laughs> I, which, which, wait, wait, wait. The most ironic part of this whole thing, she says, you owe Derek Henry. I said, oh, thanks for the free tie, you know, joking around. And she goes, you don't owe me anything for the tie. It was $9. Guess how many points Derek Henry put up this week? Nine. <laughs> He fucked me over. He put up nine points because that's what I owed her for the tie. So apparently he's worth a tie. So he's not even worth a tie right now. You can trade me your left shoe for him. <laughs> Give my dog a new chew toy. Anyway. Anyway, I did counter back saying, who do you want for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? She said, well, okay, see you tomorrow. So I'll have to talk I to have, her more. I don't know where her head's at, but I have a feeling she's not even going to be wanting to make any trades right now because her team put up like 276 points last week. I think she's doing all right. Right. And she didn't play Russell Wilson on the bench, so she could part ways with him, and her team would still have put up the same amount of well, points. Well, either way, any week, she's going to not be playing Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson because she's going to have – you have to have Mahomes in at exactly. all times. You just have to. So, And then Aaron Rodgers can go for fucking 45 points, but so can Russell Wilson every week. So one of those guys is always inevitably going to be Exactly, on the and that's why I said, who do you want for them? And then she didn't counter Well, they're going to demand a high price. Hey, if, if she would have given me Russell Wilson for Mark Andrews and Derrick Henry, I probably would have pulled the trigger on it. Fair enough. Well, we'll but, see. It's, but it's she, not my team. She said, we'll LOL, see. see you tomorrow with the same response that I had. So, Well, I mean, it's not my, I'm not managing that team, so you can talk. Well, we'll can, see what happens with these four waiver wire claims. Take that up with her. Tomorrow. Take that up with her. Are you kidding me? I can't take it up with her. You always have to split us up. You can't let us just duke it out. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not letting you fight. Anyway. Anyway, that was a great wrap-up of week two of the NFL injury report. Uh, maybe next week we can report on some actual games and scores of people doing well. Yeah. So that was the main headline this week was just injuries. I mean, everyone's getting hurt. But football's back. We're all excited about it. SEC starts this upcoming weekend in terms of college. I know that's kind of a little... Yeah, no, I'm excited about that, too. I was actually wondering about that because some of the conferences have started, but others haven't. So, so ACC, Big 12, and... SEC are all going – so ACC and Big 12 have started. Mm -hmm. SEC starts this weekend. Big 10 starts – Like in October um, or something? Like the middle of October, I want to say. Yeah. And the Pac-12 has a tentative start date of late October. Hmm. So – but the, pa the Pac-12 is currently the Power 5 conference getting fucked the most by their commission and, and everything. Yeah. All these other schools are playing football. They're running – they're – NCAA was like, we're going to do a normal college football playoff. Yeah. But you have to play, I think it's seven games to qualify. Okay. And you have to play them by a certain time. That was going to be my question. And we can do a college football episode, too, if you want to. I think that'd be fun. But I was wondering how the hell they were going to do that. I'm like, how are they going to pick a college football playoff when some of these conferences aren't even playing? You know, like, that's it's just a little it weird. It was just going to be it – was, it, was, it was all going to be about the teams that were eligible. So – Pac-12, if you're listening, get your shit together. I'm a CU Buffs fan. and ASU Sun Devils. I would like to see them play football at least. I don't care if we win or lose every game. I just want to watch them play football. Yeah. That's all we want, just to watch them football. That's all we want That's in it. life. I just want football. I just want to watch football. <laughs> all right, well. I guess uh, we'll talk to you guys all next week when we do another. Yeah. We'll be back next Tuesday with another fantasy and NFL recap and then Matt and I are going to have to put our heads together and come up with what our next little uh, sub-episode is going to be. 
get something good out there episode. for you. Yeah. But, you know, like we said at the end of every episode, we appreciate you guys listening. Feel free to go follow our Facebook page at Just Browsing. Uh, you know, just browsing on Podbean, just browsing on iTunes, on po- Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. I think we're on Amazon now. You know, give us a follow, give us a rate, shoot us an email at just some browsing at gmail.com. Um, give us some ideas. We'd love to have your input. You know, talk to us about how your fantasy team's doing, or maybe we forgot a big injury or, or two that we could touch on next week. And, you know, we just uh, really appreciate you guys listening. And Yeah. You know, one, we, one thing I'd like to say real quick before we, we cut this off, but if anyone out there listens to the Just Browsing podcast and has any sort of artistic ability whatsoever, we would love it if you could come up with a cool podcast logo for us. And what we, we, we thought we had someone who could come up with like a little cartoony type drawing for us for our logo. That kind of fell through. I, I hadn't mentioned that to you yet, but nope. there you go. It's <laughs> um, that kind of fell through. But it, it, anyway, on the long shot that anyone else out there is listening who has any sort of artistic abilities whatsoever, you can see our current logo like on iTunes and Spotify and our Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. It's a real placeholder logo for now. I built it on my computer with yeah. zero artistic ability. Yeah, Matt built it in like 10 minutes on his computer. Um, it's just something to have out there, but we would like kind of a more, I guess, legit sort of artistic. We want, we want, our, we want our own brand. We, yeah. we want like a true brand like logo. Like a cool that we could use. podcast logo. So if anyone out there has that sort of ability and would like to come up with something, spitball some ideas and email them into us. Um, that would be most appreciated. Yeah. And you know, obviously you can put your, you know, if you have like a thumbnail or something or, you know, an at that you want to show off, right. Feel free to put that in the image. We, we don't want to take credit for, for your artwork, but we definitely would love to, you know, use it and show it off and, you know, even help you get more artwork created for us. Yeah. So because Matt and I can't draw shit, so <laughs> I mean I could draw shit, but I can't draw anything. I don't even know if I can draw shit. shit. <laughs> so so but yeah. So you know, shoot us your shoot us your best bet and maybe we'll do a fan vote between Zach and I. Yeah, a fan <laughs> vote between all of our twenty fans. <laughs> hey, it's twenty more fans than we had when we began. That's true. That's true. Anyway, thanks everyone for yep. listening out Thank there you. and tune in next time. Have a good night.